Hello to everybody listening at home. This is the Ordinary Church Podcast, and we're here. Uh, the date's the 28th of October. I'm here with Pastor Mike. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Connor. Good to be with you. And Mike, because it's the 28th of October, that means that November 3rd is not so many days away. Election uh, day, even though like half the country's already voted, I guess. <laughs> it's like someone said last night, it's pretty much been election month with all this stuff <laughs> exactly. going on. But but that day's coming up, and obviously a lot of our minds are there. And so we just want to take today's podcast to talk about what's going on in uh, our minds and people's minds and the nation's mind and uh, to think about how to glorify God with uh, election day coming up. Uh, Mike, we wanted to talk about those articles that have been written, right? Sure. Yeah, there's so many articles uh, right now that are swarming. But I guess the first, the one that, that, that hit a big nerve on a lot of people was John Piper's article. And, you know, I love John Piper. I've read a lot of his stuff. You know, most people are, you know, either fans or not of Piper. But, you know, Piper is uh, is sometimes he's a little bit middle of the road, but other times he takes some weird positions, right? Um, but he wrote an article recently that I think a lot of progressives and liberals are are championing, championing and basically like cheering on. Yeah. Because they're like, hey, um, it was called Policies, Persons, and Paths to Ruin, pondering the implications of the 2020 election. And what he did, he didn't name, you know, Biden or Trump, but what he did is he clearly referred to both of them. Yep. And he, he basically, you know, a friend of mine who's, you know, kind of says they're conservative, but they lean more progressive, sent it to me kind of as a gotcha, kind of as some red meat. Yeah. And I wrote back and said, interestingly, sounds like he's not voting, you know, because it sounds like he's not going to vote then. Mm. And my friend wrote back, oh, I think he is, you know, like he's, he thinks he's going to vote for, for Biden or whatever. Mm. Um, but then another article came out, um, Andrew Sandlin, who I I'm not really familiar with, but he wrote an article called The Political Pietism of John Piper. And I thought that was very reasonable um, thing that he wrote. In fact, let me read a quote. Yeah, go ahead. From that article. He says, if anything, Piper doesn't carry his argument far enough. For example, he somehow neglected to mention how Trump's blunt opposition to cultural Marxism, his unwavering support for law enforcement in the face of Black Lives Matter mob chaos, and his nomination of justices committed to upholding the law are character traits the Bible lauds and, and demands. I suspect the reason Piper neglects to mention these virtuous character traits is that they are not among the ones he considers especially pious. The forthright, bold, direct, confrontational, sin-crushing, and God-honoring piety of Moses, Phineas, Elijah, David, John the Baptist, Paul, and our Lord doesn't quite conform to the quiet, personal, timid, and more, um, obs oh, I don't even know what word he used, piety that Piper seems to prefer. It is for this reason, as a rare reader of Piper, Sandlin says, I don't recall his exposing Barack Obama to the withering criticism he has leveled at Donald Trump despite the fact that Obama's character judged by biblical standards in their cultural totality and not in individualistic selectivity has been inferior to Trump's. And this is this one guy's opinion, and, and I, I would agree with it. None of this is to defend Trump's obvious sins and defects. Yeah. It is, however, to point out Piper's misleading and ethical selectivity. For a non-pietistic, even-handed assessment of Trump, see David Bonson's post. And David Bonson had a pretty good article. Mm. All that to say, what he was pointing to is that Piper misleads by bringing in this ethical selectivity like well trump's worse than this person so don't vote for that per for for trump and you know i look at that and i'm like and i mean this sincerely but i've never i, I started voting you know for for reagan that was my first when reagan mm -hmm. was president that yeah. was my first yeah. election there has never been a perfect godly candidate yeah. there everyone you know 
Romans 3 says, there's none righteous, no, not one. And all of us are depraved. And some men's sins go before them, some follow after them. Yeah. Donald Trump is unfiltered. He is just says things that a lot of people, a lot of us cringe at. Mm-hmm. But so do a lot of other politicians when they have a veil over their over their, yeah. their words. And yeah. so, um, you know, some things are more are more like acceptable publicly yeah and there's they can still be really bad policies or really wicked things yeah totally and listeners in case you're not familiar with piper's article his basic argument was why are so many believers so quick to point out that a certain candidate it would uh, enact policies that are dishonoring to the lord but then they'll turn a blind eye to the ungodliness of another candidate that was essentially his argument right? absolutely that was absolutely his article and by the way wayne grudem came out with a great article um yesterday and I love it. You know, Grudem and Piper are friends. They wrote, yep. uh, you know, Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood yep. together. Uh, they're really good friends. In fact, at the end of his article, uh, and listeners, you should you should read. If there's a way, Connor, we can link these up. But, yeah, we should. Um, you need to read Piper's article, read Bonson's article, read Sandlin's article, read Grudem's article. Uh, they're all fair and, and fair-minded articles from sincere, you know, men. But here's the deal. Um this is this was awesome. At the end of Grudem's article, he puts a PS and he says, "By the way, I sent John Piper my article because they're friends. Yeah, I sent it to him ahead of time, mm. and he said, and John Piper said, "Yeah, you were very fair, and you you basically were accurate of my position." And he and what what Grudem said was, Piper even gave me a a hint on how to make one of my arguments even stronger. <laughs> so he basically said, "Here, hmm. you're going to you know you're you're gonna." Um, you know, put a disclaimer against what I said. Like, you're going to go say the opposite of what I said, but to make your argument stronger, say this. Yeah. And I thought, there you have guys that have been friends for 40 years. Yeah. They're always going to be friends, but they disagree strongly on this one. And you had a great example of how even a disagreement, they're still prioritizing yes. friendship and unity and yes. yeah, honoring each other. And, and so that. my friend yeah. and I were talking about that. We've been friends for 30 years. Mm. We'll be friends no matter what, even yeah. if we don't agree on some things. I agree with Piper on lots of things. I agree with Grudem on lots of things. I disagree with both of them on some of their things. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Right? No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. One thing that Piper did point out, and another, uh, Michael Brown wrote an article. Oh, Michael Brown's article's good. Yeah. Really good. And he he uh, kind of disagreed with Piper's, you know, big argument. But then in the minutiae did say, I appreciate Piper's kind of emphasis. And this is another thing that he drew out in the article, that evangelicalism has maybe been kind of tainted by putting so many of our eggs in the basket of politics and and aligning so much with conservative politics. Yes. And I thought that was, you know, I just thought that was a really good point. And he kind of was just, you know, Michael Brown was, was drawing out what Piper said about, you know, our church is really focusing on making uh, eternally minded, you know, Christ honoring believers Yes, or, you know, people who would subscribe to a certain set of kind of moral, you know, right. uh, I don't know. Yeah. More political set of, of, you know, stances, set of norms. Well, look, we're not, you know, there's those Patriot churches that are cropping up right now. It's like, bring your Bible and your American flag. Mm. Look, we're Americans, but we're first citizens of heaven. Yeah. Right. Now I was a citizen of America before I was a citizen of heaven, except in the mind of God, he chose me before the foundation of the world. So, in my life, I was first a citizen, but I am first a citizen of heaven. That's right. That's my first priority. Yep. That's why you're not going to hear me telling everyone how to vote yeah. in terms of what candidate to vote for. Interestingly, if we went to France right now, we wouldn't really care that much about their elections or about their politics. And for a Christian, we don't care about the politics of some other country. Yeah. We care and about the ones have... we live in that affect us. Yeah. But the temporal. 
they're just temporal. Yeah. You know, I look at, I look at, sometimes I talk to Christians. I'm like, are we reading the same Bible? Yeah. Like, can yeah. you help me out here? Yep. God is sovereign. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's possible that he can, you know, use ungodliness because he does every day in totally. my life and your life. And, you know, he, he, he can reverse our, our worldviews and our morals and our policies that are bad and, and give us a new heart and, yeah. and help us please him. And, yeah. um, you know, think about yeah. What can affect you, you know? Yeah, and who knows, even in his sovereignty, how he might use an ungodly leader who would take our nation in a totally unbiblical direction to strengthen the church, to purify, to the, purify church, the church, to get the gospel out. Yeah. So both can happen. Yeah. Like in Second, in First Timothy two, it says that you pray for your leaders so that you would live a quiet life and not basically not be harassed by government. Yeah. That there would be an open door for the gospel. Yeah. But that's not, you know, Peter had had Nero as as a leader yeah. that he was yeah. saying, "Here's not the emperor the you're to honor," you yeah. know. So and now I will say we do need to call out certain certain things. I I've brought this up before, but Spurgeon lived in London when Marx was living in London, hmm. and Spurgeon preached against repudiated Marx's ideas because of what the Bible says. Hmm. So there are plenty of you know platforms, totally. Whether it's murdering babies or whether it's ignoring the Constitution or giving special protection to immoral lifestyles, yeah. If if that's a platform yeah. of a political group that you're aligned with, you need to think about it as a Christian. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Romans 1, end of Romans 1, mm-hmm. Paul says, you know, that people do these things, but they not only do them, they give approval, approval. to those who practice them. You know, yeah. hearty approval, which I think is just a good reminder of, hey, you can't you can't disassociate, you know, this person's certain ideas with their other ideas, you know, mm-hmm. because in reality, you're actually, I mean, you're actually giving approval yeah. to those who are practicing, in the case of abortion and homosexuality, you're giving approval to those who would put laws in place that... Uh, that enable and support and give validity to those things. Well, yeah, I'll tell you something. You know, God can use the wrath of man to praise him, but the wrath of God is coming against the sin of man. Yeah. And so we have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Like we're not going to celebrate man's wrath. You know, even if God, let's say God lets, there's always ungodly leaders. There's no perfectly godly leader, right? Yeah. And even if you could find this Christian president who's so, you know, by the book, by the Bible, they're still they're still depraved, and they're still going to make bad policy decisions, and they're still going to make mistakes, and they're still going to sin. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. Which is why we're not on the hunt for that perfect politician. Right. We trust the Lord, and then we do what we can to honor Him with who He gives us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any other thoughts? I. I. I uh, yes. Yeah. I want to just open it up to you. What do you? What are you thinking about? What would you have people think about? Here's what I'm thinking about right now. You know, Hebrews talks about don't let any root of bitterness spring up, uh, causing trouble and many be defiled by it. I think there's a temptation on the part of a lot of Christians, and I think a lot of Christians have gone this way, to be bitter and to disdain or to hate others and to demonize others. And I think I would just say, Christian, you know, you know, God knows those who are his, 2 Timothy 2.19, and that's the great assurance. And then the great warning, the great admonition is, whoever names the name of the Lord, abstain from wickedness. And so abstain, don't fall prey to overreaching caricatures against the political party or the candidate that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And, oh, they're all ungodly, or oh, they're all this, or oh, they're all that, or any Christian that goes with them must be sinning. Mm-hmm. You know, go by your own conscience. Go by Romans 14. To your own master, you'll stand and fall. Whatever you do that's not of faith is sin. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that you 
have your conscience clear and mm. not, and I don't mean conscience cauterized, okay? Where yeah. you have a hardened conscience where yeah. you get to approve of sin. Yeah. I mean like searching your heart, being fully repentant and saying, Lord, what would please you most? Totally. I want to do that. Yeah. So let's not fall prey to overreaching uh, and making caricatures of people and and just let's let's literally love all people without having to agree with all people. Yeah. No, that that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. This could be the time that the church takes a huge dive in terms of our unity, right? But it doesn't well, have to be. Right. The church has taken a huge dive yeah. in terms of unity. And if you think about COVID-19 and the political stuff, it has. Hmm. Um, but Christ is head of the church. And any church with godly leaders is going to be calling people to repentance and call people to unity. Hmm. And not unity not at the, at the, at the expense of the truth. truth. Yeah. No. Someone recently said, a friend of mine actually said, oh, some Christians don't think the Bible is fully true, so we just need to have unity instead of arguing over that. Mm -hmm. Let's debate it, but let's have unity. I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> time out. Yeah. That is not up for grabs. Yeah. Uh, that is not up for debate. Uh, our, our unity is not the litmus test. It's the holiness of God, the sovereignty of God that is the overriding um, truth that mm -hmm. needs to drive everything. Mm -hmm. So I think... Um, Christians, look, listeners, if, if you're a Christian, please um, don't dismiss people easily. Please work hard at being unified in your church and being godly in the way that you speak and act uh, to the best of your ability in Christ's strength and for his glory. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you do, eat, drink, do it all to the glory of God. Amen. All right. Well, listeners, thanks so much for tuning in with us. We hope that was helpful to you as you're thinking through things. And uh, Mike, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Yes, one more thought. Come November 4th, if your candidate didn't win, if your party didn't win, if the coalition of people that you align with didn't win the election in America, and you're a Christian, your job, your calling as a Christian changes not one iota, hmm. not one iota. You are still to take the gospel and preach the gospel to all creation. You are still to uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you are you are not called to fight administration's tooth and nail and yeah. wine for four years. Yeah. Uh, every Christian is to is to uh, love the Lord, love His people, and reach the world for Christ. Yeah. So isn't this awesome? Yeah. That our job doesn't change no matter who's in power. Yeah. God is always sovereign. That's right. Yeah. It stays the same. Mm -hmm. Great final word. All right. Well, thanks so much. We will talk to you next week on this podcast. We'll have potentially uh, a new president or an existing president in office at that point. And uh, the Lord will still be on the throne. So we will talk to you then.